going on guys michael here oil and gas 360 excited to be announcing the launch of our women in energy interview series which is going to be hosted by chairman and cfo of Enercom blanca andrus and in this initial inaugural interview she's going to sit down and talk with laura prang who's an executive search uh member over at prang and associates who's been a longtime supporter of Enercom and the oil and gas conference and we love everything about uh prang and laura prang her and blanca have an awesome conversation covering everything from Laura's background as a news reporter. They touch on some of the things that women can do to help position themselves, maybe to get on boards better, but the things that we can all do on the side to be a little more diverse and a little more, it's an awesome interview. I don't want to spoil it. I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to Blanca and kick this one off. Today in Women in Energy, we're speaking with Laura Prang of Prang & Associates, an international search firm focused on the energy industry. Laura joined Prang in 2011 after working several years as a recruiter for another energy firm, any energy recruiting firm. She's led engagements in the upstream, downstream, and service and equipment sectors. Prior to entering the search industry, she spent more than 12 years as an award-winning reporter and anchor with the CBS affiliate in Jackson, Mississippi, and the NBC affiliate in Nashville, Tennessee. She's a certified Hogan Assessment Administrator and on the advisory board of the NACD Tri-Cities chapter. Laura, thank you for, for joining us and thank you for being uh, the number one uh, interview for the, our launch of Women in Energy here at Intercom. Well, I thank you. I'm happy to be here. Happy to be able to launch this great initiative. Let's um, start with asking you, um, how did you transition from journalism to the search industry and specifically to, into the energy industry? So the founder of Pring and Associates is David Pring, who happens to be my father. So you could say I grew up around the search industry, actually worked at Pring in high school, uh, helping out during the summers, but uh, went into journalism. That was where my passion was uh, early on as a teenager and really enjoyed it. It was, it was a fantastic career, uh, but started to, I transitioned out of that and was hired by the governor of Tennessee to be a spokesperson at one of their uh, state departments. And that was great, but really did not have the passion for it and started to complain to my parents. Um, and, you know, my father put the bug in my ear that maybe I should consider search um, been interviewing people for you know more than a dozen years. Um, obviously, had to learn the energy industry, but after about eight or nine months, convinced me to move back to Texas and join the firm. And uh, it's been great. Uh, you know, learned a lot. Obviously, did a lot of studying, a lot of talking to people, picking their brains to learn really what was uh, going on in the energy industry and the different roles and. Um, from the individual contributor level all the way up through uh, the C-suite and the board. And um, it's been a lot of fun. I've met a lot of great people along the way, that's for sure. In your position, what's your opinion about some of the winning strategies that drive career women or drive career success in women in the energy sector? So I think for women, it's important to have an advocate or a mentor, uh, someone who's going to push you and challenge you, but also be your cheerleader in the organization. Uh, women, I think, need to do a better job of building their internal network um, and take chances, take chances on different roles that are offered to them. 
Um, something may seem like a lateral move, but there's always a chance to, to learn something new and build out your skills. Um, and, you know, often women are seen as better facilitators and collaborators, and therefore they're encouraged to take uh, staff roles and step into those. But I would encourage women to get experience in operations and certainly try to see all sides of the business. And how can they derive um, maximum value from mentoring and sponsorship or sponsoring opportunities? Sure. Well, I think um, exposing women to other successful female leaders in the industry is a great thing to do because seeing uh, women succeed is encouraging in and of itself. Um, and not just female leaders. You want a strong advocate, as I mentioned, someone who's going to help you navigate the opportunities and advancements in their companies. And how can women um, play to their leadership strengths to, to improve organizational performance? So, you know, women are key drivers of innovative and inclusive solutions. Um, I think we're strong collaborators and tend to be effective communicators. Uh, the women leaders who are successful have the ability to influence other leaders and influence change in their organizations. One uh, question is um, that I guess I would I would love to know is what do you enjoy the most about recruiting? So there's a number of things that I really enjoy. I enjoy meeting people and hearing their stories. Um, I think that goes back to my reporting days too, and being able to tell their stories um, and to help uh, not only candidates that I work with, but my clients, the companies you know, build stronger organizations. And it's almost like matchmaking is putting the perfect candidate with the client and seeing them succeed. That's really a lot of fun. Laura, you do a lot of work with boards. What recommendations can you give uh, women that are planning or thinking about joining a board? Well, there's a number of things they need to do. I think first foremost is you know, they need to develop their board resume, their board bio, and their presence on LinkedIn. Um, really need to assess their skill sets and understand what value do they bring to a board. And then they need to be able to communicate that value and create an elevator pitch that um, when they are meeting with people, that they can really sell themselves and, you know, what they bring to the board. Um, another important area, I think, is networking, and I can't say that enough. Um, you know, while a number of companies will go to a search firm like Pring to help with the board, uh, find new leadership for their boards, a lot of board members find their first roles uh, through their network and letting people know that that's what you are wanting to do. Um, that's, that's what your goal is, is to serve on a board, whether it be private or public, but people need to know that. And I also always tell people to bring their A game. You never know who uh, is that you're going to come across. And so you always want to be, uh, you know, ready to go and present yourself in the best light because that, if, you know, if you're not doing that, then um, you never know who you're going to come across. And if that person is influencing who's going on a board, that may be your shot and you may have just lost it. Now with COVID-19, it's changed a lot of things. How can people network now with uh, 
not being able to to get together in groups, not being able to attend conferences, or not being able to even travel in some parts. How can we do a better job about networking via Zoom or however we think we can manage it? What do, what are your, some of your recommendations for that? So I think that's a big challenge for a lot of people. Um, you know, not having that interaction, that human touch, is is challenging. But I think. You know, you have to seek out different opportunities to network, whether, you know, a lot of conferences that are virtual right now have those opportunities with small breakout groups. Um, you know, LinkedIn is still, I think, a great place to try to expand your professional network. Um, and you just got to put yourself out there. A lot of times I've spoken with people for the first time, done a number of uh, video calls with folks that I've never met before um, or had any interaction with. And a lot of that is me reaching out, wanting to introduce myself and other people reaching out to me. Uh, so you just got to be able to put yourself out there, but really seek out those opportunities to, to you know, talk to people and, and to network. And how has COVID uh, affected your recruiting uh, possibilities and uh can you talk a little bit about that? Is that something that you're looking at doing things a little differently or are you continuing to kind of do the, what you've always done? Or can you just uh, expand a little on that and how it's also changed the recruiting uh, industry? Sure, sure. So it, it certainly has in the sense that a lot of what we did was face-to-face -face meeting with not only clients, and uh, but the, you know the candidates and spending a lot of time getting to know them and what makes them tick and so that's all moved pretty much uh, to the virtual Zoom or Teams uh, video calls and that's actually worked out uh, better than I ever would have anticipated. It's been easier transition in that sense that people. Um, are more comfortable with the technology now than let's say if this was a few years ago. I don't know if I'd be uh, responding the same way. Um, it's been interesting to watch uh, clients move through the process of hiring someone that they've only met over video and you know, uh, think that they've become much more comfortable doing that than let's say four, five, six months ago when we first, um, you know, got into this situation, let's say, but uh, it's, it's different in the sense that you don't have that one-on-one, -on -one, you know, sitting down interaction. Certainly in a sense, it's easier because I'm spending a lot more time talking to people than sitting on an airplane and traveling to go see someone. And so in that sense, I think it's become a little more efficient and it'll be interesting to see if, if and when we get back to quote unquote normal, um, how much that's going to change. And if we're going to be, you know, go back to, I think in a sense, we'll always go back to meeting face to face because um, that's really, I think, the way that you really get to know someone. But it'll be interesting to see how much is going to be done virtually, uh, even when we can travel because of the ease and even the, the costs associated with it. Laura, ESG is uh, the hot topic of the day. Give us your, uh, your, an idea of what you think uh, the industry will look like in 10 years. And as part of that, what impact do you think ESG is, has on that view of, of yours? 
Well, I think it's hard to say what the industry is going to look like um, five years, 10 years, but I think uh, we will continue to see it contract and with certainly with the focus on clean energy, uh, the real challenge for energy companies is figuring out how to produce more oil and gas while also being carbon conscious and addressing stakeholders' concerns. So I think over the coming years, we're going to continue to see new technologies that promote sustainability and more oil and gas companies incorporating the E and ESG into their existing infrastructure and value chains. Uh, achieving a satisfactory ESG rating will be critical to attract and keep the support of key stakeholders in the future. And that includes not only investors, but the necessary talent that is going to drive that innovation. One of the uh, big things about ESG right now is the G. Uh, what do you think about uh, the diversity and in energy and how it could be uh, better communicated? Because I know that it's been uh, very proactive in that, but I don't think a lot of people know that. How can it be better communicated to people and how can companies better communicate that as well? Well, I think that it's improving as far as diversity in our industry. Uh, we're seeing more women not only enter the energy industry, but uh, let's say climb the corporate ladder and get to and are holding leadership positions. Uh, I think that's important. But as far as diversity, I don't think it's just uh, diversity of gender. I think race and also diversity of thoughts very important. Um, I'm seeing uh, more and more of my clients really put an emphasis and focus on that, which I think is fantastic. It's something that we focus on internally at our firm. We have a practice that really focuses on uh, DNI, and you know, for us, we track um, different. We track diversity uh, in our database and try to interact and network with different organizations that have diverse um, membership. So we get to know who the people are in the industry um, and who the future leaders are going to be. So it's important, I think, all the way around. I think that's going to continue. And as we, you know, as, as, a, as an industry, we have not done a great job communicating all the great things we do. Uh, and I think that's going to be a big challenge, uh, trying to attract and retain talent the younger folks and next generation that we want to come in who are going to help you know, move the industry forward with, with the transition. Um, and so we do need to do a better job of communicating, um, you know, the, the good things that we do and the necessary things that we bring um, to, to the world. And, 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 you know, I think that, you know, oil has such a, 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 dirty connotation to the younger generation, not realizing all the great technology and innovative things that the industry is doing. Speaking of the younger generation and women and minorities, what, what do you think the industry needs to do in order to, to encourage more of the, the younger generation really to, to go into oil and gas or to go into the energy industry? What do you think is guiding us? Uh, that younger generation that might have not guided uh, some of us in the older generation? Well, I think the opportunity to, to change the industry would be a big influencer on 
on the younger generation, the emphasis on clean energy and you know, the new technology, I think is um, something that I would motivate the younger generation. I mean, they, you know, who wants to go work for um, an oil and gas company versus going to work for Google? But if they realize that you can do really cool things um, and it's, you know, it, with technology in the oil and gas industry, that I think could be an influencer. And I think when you, again, do a better job of communicating that. And Laura, do you have any search mandates that you might want to highlight or that you uh, think are important uh, nowadays? Well, a lot of the stuff we do is confidential, but I will say that, you know, working on uh, some board work right now that is very influenced on the DNI side, which I think is really exciting. Um, talking to a, a client who is thinking of high grading some of their positions. You know, it's an interesting time when a lot of companies are on a hiring freeze, but they still want to know the t- you know who the talent uh, is that's out there. And and so working with some clients on on some positions that they are you know wanting to high grade and also to bring some uh, diversity into their organization. So some really cool things happening right now. That's for sure. Wow. Well, maybe uh, later on you can come on and talk a little bit more. I'm interested in board. So that would be something that maybe we can touch on next time. Uh, And it's not just for women, but just being able to know what exactly or what steps or what you need to do, especially for the younger generation, what you need to do to start doing now in order to, 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 to participate or to be able to contribute to a board and, and what people are seeing or what people are looking for. That would be uh, something that I think would, I would find very interesting. Happy to, happy to, to come back on anytime you'd like. And thank you for your time, Laura. Uh, we appreciate uh, Prang and Associates. And uh, as always, you guys are uh, an amazing uh, friend of Entercom and I thank you very much for being uh, the first uh, person to help us launch our Women in Energy, which um, we're all pretty excited about. And I think it's uh, something that uh, will kind of uh, help us uh, with uh, some of the diversity and some of the things that are going on right now. Well, congrats. Congrats to you, Blanca, and congrats to Entercom. Enjoyed it. Thank you. Such a great conversation. We really appreciate Laura taking time out of her busy schedule to talk with us. And thank you to Blanca for conducting an awesome interview. I, I know I learned a lot. Stay tuned for all of our upcoming Women in Energy interview. So we have a, a, really a lot stacked lined up. Blanca's been, been going gangbuster, getting all these set up. for. And for all of our other Energy 360 podcasts, you can check us out at the world's greatest website, www.oilandgas360. Uh, for next time, for Blanca Andrews and Stuart Turley, I'm Michael Tanner. We'll see you next time.